Hi everyone, and I'll start that again. I'm too, I'm too excited, Dave. I, I can't speak because I'm, I can't believe the news tonight. So let's try again. Hi everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the High Ready Podcast, Dave. I can't do this. Right, we'll try Compose again. yourself, man. Compose yourself. Obviously, we're we're recording during a transfer, you know, during the transfer window. Diddly, oh, can you see that? Diddly, <laughs> the diddly day. <laughs> Certainly no fucking diddly day in here. <laughs> Rangers have announced that you know Ramsey's going to be number sixteen in Chris McLaughlin's, but coincidentally, the amount of times I've ejaculated today. <laughs> 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 What's the word that I'm looking for? I'm getting all t- tongue-tied here, Derek. I'm so excited. In the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing, Dave? Uh, absolutely shocked, flabbergasted, stunned and delighted at this present moment, Derek. That's just because you're doing a podcast for me, Dave, isn't it? <laughs> that's it, mate, exactly, that's it. That's it. Derek, I'll, I'll let you explain, you know, I know this will come out at a different time, so just to let everybody that's listening know, right at this precise moment, what has just happened. Yes, Dave, we're recording on transfer deadline day, but we're meant to record a couple of weeks ago, but Dave, you took a, an unplanned holiday, or was it planned? I don't know. Derek, all I can say is the universe is getting back to normal because Dave was able <laughs> to get back, back on on an aeroplane and get away to the sun for a few days. So, I mean, that's when you know. And Rangers are champions. And again, what has just happened, Derek, showing that that, that the universe is back to the way it should be. What, what's what's happened, Derek? We've signed Aaron Ramsey. I'm, just, I'm Honestly, I just I cannot believe it. I'm speechless at that. How can we bring in a player from Juventus who is on £400,000 a week? Derek, I know you that you don't do the whole rumour thing but even I laughed when I first saw the rumours linking Aaron Ramsey with Rangers this morning I absolutely wet myself and I just dismissed it straight away and then there's more and more people kept talking about it and I thought again this is going back to the old Robin Van Persie (laughs) rumours that we had a few years ago I even tweeted about that this morning (laughs) as well I saw that and Derek now actually see I'm looking at Sky Sports News right now Rangers signed Aaron Ramsey on loan this is incredible Derek I mean this is absolutely massive for our club right now this guy's a world-class player you saw him in the euros he's came from juventus just I, I honestly i'm speechless at the moment absolutely delighted one of the potentially best signings that we've had for in the last 20 years i reckon derek this is how how big this signing is i'm absolutely delighted that the club have managed to get this over the line and they're still what two and a half hours to go, Derek. Who, who knows what could happen in that space? <laughs> space of time. Yeah. 
I mean, I think I sent that to you earlier on today is this will be as big a signing as Gaza. And then Ali McCoy's basically said the exact same thing on TalkSport later on after after I said that. So it is just absolutely mind-boggling that we have managed to get this world-class player. And, you know, I, I know I've talked of the first thing I said was about who he came from and the money, which is mind-boggling in itself. But to get a player of as much class as Ramsey, you know, he's, he's single-handedly won games for Wales for his international team. He's obviously a, a class act going to Juve. He's played with Arsenal. He's won trophies galore. You know, he is a great player. And I know a lot of our signings were said they signed for us because of the draw of Steven Gerrard, which a large extent was true. But we don't have Steven Gerrard now. We don't have that world-class name. We've got an incredible name. We've got somebody who's won more trophies than Gerrard, but not as big a name as Steven Gerrard. So it's quite clear that the pool of Rangers is back. For us to get this deal over the line, it fully confirms that we are an established European side. And if you look at what Ramsey said as well, I had a number of offers on the table, but none that matched the magnitude of this club. With European football and the chance to play in front of 50,000 fans every other week, from his own words, that is the draw Rangers are. It's it's incredible. I'm looking at uh, Chris Boyd at the moment with the biggest cheesiest smile on his face. That's when you know th- things are going well for us, Derek. <laughs> I thought the pod was going to be quite doom and gloom this week, but thanks to the backroom staff at Rangers, they've totally lifted the spirits of you and I, and you know every Rangers supporter out there. So, Derek, I'm absolutely buzzing with a signing. I can't wait to see him playing for us. And it's just even to see it on the screen just now is absolutely incredible. Unreal. And I know we we keep saying that, but I'm sure every Rangers fan out there will be thinking exactly the same thing. What an absolutely fantastic signing. Huge signing. And again, well done Rangers for getting this deal through. Absolutely tremendous. Yes, I mean, we've obviously got our own thoughts about it, and typically Celtic fans and their former players have got their own thoughts as well. (laughs) Andy, I've I've not heard it, but I've heard about it. Andy on slide one tonight, trotting out the the tried and tested line of the face painter, the the fact that the Japanese are are very well disciplined. What that's got to do with Arden Ramsey signing, I have no idea. Derek, there was another guy on that called up earlier on, on the phone, and who basically said that, According to all of uh, the Juventus teammates and the Juventus fans, I don't know how a wee Celtic supporter for East End of Glasgow knows this, but he was known as Chocolate Legs. (laughs) (laughs) And also that if Celtic signed him, he wouldn't want him in his team, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. But enough about them, Derek. I didn't didn't want to speak about them until we we talk about our up-and-coming matches, but... Uh, absolutely fantastic day for the club to, to do this and just delighted that me and you are recording just now just so, you know, we get the feeling we, we get the pod off to like I said, it was uh, possibly going to be quite a uh, doom and gloom pod going by the last <laughs> few, few, few results but this has definitely lifted the spirits, this one Absolutely, yes, we're, trying, we're recording as the, the window's going to close in the next hour or two, so if anything does break it'll be, we'll mention it later on in the pod, but we'll, we'll see what happens there but anyway, we'd be remiss to not mention other signings as well because a bit of a shame for him because he's getting totally, totally overshadowed by the Aaron Ramsey.
Ramsey signing, but we also signed 20-year-old Polish right fullback Matthias Zukowski from Lechia Gdansk for an undisclosed fee. A three-and-a-half-year deal is apparently a replacement for Patterson. Obviously, then, if that's the case, he's not expected to be a starter. Yeah. But certainly, good backup anyway. And, you know, I've, I'd be lying if I said I knew anything about him, but from the, the brief things I've seen or I've, I've heard people talking about him online, seems a, a decent a decent player. Derek, why don't you just go out onto Twitter or onto a Celtic fan page? They'll give you a full <laughs> analysis of this guy, tell you how bad he is, and uh, you know he'll be a liability and all that. No, I'm the same as you, Derek. He's obviously been brought in as cover. He's a young player. Uh, I'm not looking for him to be, you know, a, a first team regular, especially with Tav in there. But certainly going in the right way bringing in players to uh, you know to keep keep the squad numbers up as well so no delighted with that also yeah also, we've made a few other signings, and obviously because we've been delayed in, in recording, we've uh, they've already played. But we've signed James Sands. He's a 21-year-old defensive midfielder from New York City on an 18-month loan deal uh, with that's exclusive right to sign on a permanent deal as well. Yep. He's just won the MLS Cup under under Ronnie Dyla, no less as well, <laughs> yeah. and he was named as New York City's Young Player of the Year for 2021. So certainly, what we've seen of him so far, two games he's played, I think, he's certainly seen assured. Pity has been in a teams of, of bad performances uh, and obviously a, a bad result there the last game, but you know, certainly a, a, not bad from what we've seen so far. Yeah, it certainly sounds as if he's got the pedigree for being such a young player. Derek, highly regarded in America, highly regarded with national team as well, so hopefully one for the future. And as, as you say, I don't think he put a foot wrong in the games, which we'll get into. Wasn't a spectacular uh, you know, performance by him, but who did have the spectacular performances in the games that he played? So can't single the guy out, but certainly for him to come in straight away, it shows you that uh, the manager has got high hopes for him and is, uh, you know, trusts him for, for what he's seen. So things can only get better in that way, yeah, Derek. So again, another excellent addition to the squad. Yes. The next player we've also signed in the window is an is 19-year-old winger Ahmed Diallo. He goes by by Ahmed apparently on the back of his shirt on a six-month loan deal from Manchester United, no less. Highly rated youngster, cost Man United I think 19 million a season ago, which could rise to 37 million. He signed from Atalanta I think last year. A couple of games he's played, he's been a pretty much the standout player, hasn't he? He certainly has, Derek, and you know, going again just by, and again, we'll get into the game, but certainly with what we've seen or what little we've seen on him, he looks as if he's going to be a special, special player for us. And the position that we've been crying out for, Derek, somebody that can play wide on the right hand side, who that you know seems to be his, his proper position. But uh, like I said, Derek, we'll get into the games, but he looks an absolutely spectacular player. And to it, be honest with you. I honestly thought that that was going to be it when we signed him. I thought that's going to be our sort of signing, you know, sort of big signing of this window on loan would be him because he again has got the pedigree and he's young. He's, uh, you know, he looks as if he's going to be an absolutely outstanding player in the future. So delighted with that signing as well. 
Yeah, we don't have an option to buy him at the end of the loan, so yeah. kind of imagine that would be the case considering he's very young, he cost a Man United 19 million, yes. which could rise to 37 million, but certainly as long as he does us the job, which as you said, he's, he's certainly more than looked capable so far, yes. then then it'll be a good bit of business. On that note with Ramsey, obviously you know he's on something like £400,000 a week, which if reports are correct, so... I don't know the full details. I don't know if it's been fully disclosed yet, but what was getting talked about was was Ramsey were paid Juventus £2 million pounds for, uh, for to loan him till the end of the season and they're paying his full wage, which seems a bit mad, to be honest, considering that's not the, the real reason for loans. But, you know, I will take it if it, and it's a incredible bit of business. So I don't know how much we're, we're paying, if anything, if we're, if we're paying Ahmad anything. So uh, we'll just need to wait and see if, if anything gets disclosed of that one. Yes, again, Derek. It's just I'm I'm watching the scenes just now, and I'm still still can't believe it. I really can't. Absolutely fantastic. Yep. And the last bit of signing news so far is that John Souter agreed a pre-contract to join us in the summer. He's been in his last six months of his contract with Hearts, and he wanted to move. Arguably Hearts' best player over the last couple of years. Yep. I have no issue with Hearts wanting to get as much for him as they can if we were because we, we were trying to sign him this window. However, they apparently wanted five hundred thousand pound plus add-ons. It turns out we offered in the region of three hundred thousand pound, and they turned it down, wanting six hundred thousand pound. Now, as I said, he's in the last six months of his deal. He's already signed for us. He's only got two European games experience. He's only got four caps. He's injury prone. I don't know what exactly what price they were wanting. Apparently, we went back in with another deal tonight, which has been turned yeah. down. When we, we put the first couple of deals in, the a fan tried to argue with me that it was a fair price, what they were wanting for him. He actually went on then to say that he thought £1 million would be fair for him just now, given all of the the, 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 the details I've just said about him, about his European experience, his injury-prone last six months, etc. I asked him, that same fan, well, you tell me how much you'd be worth if he had, say, three years left in his deal. And he turned around and he said between five and £8 million. And then he went on to say if it wasn't for his injuries, he'd be in the top six of the EPL. I mean, he would be in the top six defenders in the EPL. Is he having a laugh? I know I'm putting down our own future player here. He's good, but he's not that good. <laughs> I think going by the amount of Hearts fans that I know, and I work with quite a lot of them, they are very, very uh, pissed off. Just basically, the, the vast majority of them are coming out with the same thing that he obviously went through, those horrendous injuries and uh, you know hearts were there you know supporting them the, the whole way but that would happen at almost any club Derek if, if you had a top player and he was to get in, injured like that that's just what happens in football and I had to remind you know the vast majority of them that they basically did exactly the same thing with the same player with Dundee United as well you know when they signed him for Dundee United so you know I've got, I've got no sympathy that's the way that, that f- football works I think that again speaking to a lot of hearts fans as well and uh, they are crying out for a striker and I think the vast majority of them were actually hoping that you know they would sell in this window to Rangers for you know three four hundred thousand to give them the opportunity to go out and bring a striker in that's not going to happen uh, Hearts have sort of dug their heels in so you know that's that, that's the way it goes Derek we'll get them on a free transfer at the end of the season unless anything can be done within the next sort of two hours and ten minutes but We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last couple of kind of incomings or, or re- retentions, rather, is Leon King has signed a contract extension until the summer of 2024, so that's good yep. bit of news there. And obviously, John McLaughlin as well signs a contract extension until the same period, till summer of 2024. So I'm more than happy with John McLaughlin. We'll get into McGregor's woes <laughs> as well, but happy birthday to, to Alan McGregor today. Yes. He's 40 today, which is incredible. So good keeping John McLaughlin in. As I said last year, you know, McLaughlin played, I think it was like the first 12 odd games and he was exceptional and there was a point when I thought he is going to push McGregor to be the number one slot all season last year and he was unlucky uh, to to get ousted but certainly more than a capable keeper which I'm good to see his number two. Yep, delighted Derek, we know that he's an outstanding goalkeeper, I actually had this discussion last night with a fellow blue nose at work, you know that's the type of guy that that you want in there, someone that you know is capable to step in at any time, you've got no worries over him I sort of go back to the days Derek and I don't know if uh, you know, it's it's maybe a, you know too too long long ago f- for yourself, but I remember when we had the likes of Ali Maxwell as a deputant for Andy Gorham, and you know wasn't a big name, but any time he stepped in for Rangers, it was excellent. It was the same when uh, Neil Alexander stepped in for Alan McGregor. You know, the first time around when he was there, we knew that he was a you know a very capable goalkeeper as well. So it's always something that the Rangers have had. We've always had an outstanding number one goalkeeper, but equally a very good deputy to step in at any time. It's, it's something that we've always seemed to be lucky that way, Derek. So. Uh, Long may that continue. Yes. And the last piece of incoming here is Itton was recalled from loan. So good to see him back. We'll get into some of his play, but yes. that's a story as well. Outgoings, Josh McPeak signs for Tramia Rovers on loan for the rest of the season. So good experience from there. Yep. Sadly, Jermaine Defoe left after three years at us. A tremendous player and servant. His glowing words on social media and Sky Sports just shows that he absolutely got it with us. Yes. An absolute class act. A bit angry, however, as it is clear from from some of his words that it was largely left in the dark this season, which was was pretty much confirmed. We were crying out for goals when we needed an instinctive striker when Alfie yep. was off form. He was ultimately shunned. Yep. And it goes to what my ultimate thoughts on Gerard's season was this year with us, that he kinda Gerard kinda just gave up and he never put Defoe in. And we're crying out for a player like that. But we move on from that there. Certainly he's signed for Sunderland as well tonight. So certainly good luck to him as well. He'll, you know, forever arrange Definitely, Derek. I get the feeling again, deja vu here with a lot of things. I always remember when uh, Claudio Canidia was in his last season for Rangers. And I always said that we should have kept him for another season because he was the perfect guy to bring on with half an hour to go. The experience, his burst of pace at that point. You know, he couldn't have played a full game coming to the end, but certainly would have been a fantastic player to have on the bench. I think Defoe would have been exactly the same, especially over the last few games, Derek, when we've been needing a goal. Who better to come off the bench? We know that half an hour, 25 minutes to go than Jermaine Defoe. But exactly like what you said, Derek, delighted that we had the opportunity to see him play for us. 
scored goals, scored vital goals for us. And again, last season, I thought it was uh, fantastic last season. You could see how absolutely thrilled he was at winning the league last year, at being a part of the team. And, you know, I think, you know, he'll be a Rangers fan now for, for the rest of his life uh, as well. So exactly the same as you. I wish him all the best. I hope he gets another at least one really good season. He's back at, at Sunderland, a team that he knows well. So here's hoping that he does really well for them and we thank him for everything that he done for our club. He'll always be cheered on by all, all the Rangers fans uh, forevermore. Yes, absolutely. Next outgoing here is Janino Bakuna leaves for an undisclosed fee on a permanent deal to Birmingham. Never really got going here. I don't think he was given a fair run out under Gerard, to be quite honest with you, but you know, given the fact Evan Bronkhurst had seen him as well and kind of seen enough and he never got his game, maybe best of all parties included there. Again, we don't see him in training, but we yep. certainly wish him well. Well, yeah, no, no, we do, Derek, and I was, uh, you know, straight away, I noticed that he was straight into Birmingham's first team lineup last night in their 2-2 draw and played the vast majority of the game. So, I mean, he's, he's obviously highly regarded down in the championship. So, again, unfortunately for him, it didn't work out. And, uh, again, top it off, you know, works out eventually for him. Yes. Another outgoing, Brandon Barker leaves the club by mutual consent. I don't know if he's got any clubs lined up or not, but... Apparently has, Derek. Apparently he is in talks uh, to sign permanently with Hibs, which is a team that he knows well because he was on loan there the season before he signed for us. So apparently he's uh, he, he's in signing talks with Hibs. Oh well. Just a player that when he played with Hibs on loan initially, I felt there was something there. And I don't know, a lot of folk couldn't understand the signing, but it was always a, a good backup, I would have thought. It just never, again, never really worked out the, for him. I always felt, Derek, that we signed him thinking at the time we weren't going to get Ryan Kent and we were running short for players to play out in the wide left and then not long after we signed him that was when the permanent deal for Kent came in so I think that was the reason I think he was always going to be a squad player but again Derek he played his part even even if it was a small part I remember him scoring the, the, the second goal in a game I think it was possibly against Ross County it was his birthday and we were winning 1-0 and we were really struggling and we brought him on and he got that break right at the end of the game I don't know if you can remember and scored his goal so he played Played his part in us winning 55, Derek, so we've got to try and re- remember him for that. There's a lot of folk have been sl- slagging him off in social media and, th- and things like that, but you know, we've got to always remember that he did play his part in the team as well, especially last season. Yeah, absolutely. Sadly, he'll probably be more remembered for his horrendous hair than anything. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And the last outgoing is Stephen Kelly joined Salford City on loan to the end of the season, so good luck to him there as well. The yep. only other thing that I've got to mention about transfers is Goldson has not signed an extension for us so far, so he's free to speak to any other clubs. Apparently, Forrest and West Brom sniffing about him. Similarly to Tavernier, he gets a lot of OTT criticism, and because of that, people defend him to the hill, even when the criticism is actually justified. He hasn't been perfect Errors and the same type of errors, especially this season so far, creep into his game. Last season was near flawless from him. And see when he does the basics and doesn't try to be like Franco Baresi, he's an, a fantastic defender. Yeah. If he were to go, just like every other player who goes, he'll regret it. But certainly we would wish him well. So certainly nobody's came in for him so far by the sound of it. He's free to go and do what he wants effectively. We don't need any confirmation that might just happen out of the blue one day. 
But I don't think we should be breaking the bank. I don't think we should be breaking the bank. The the, the, the rumours I've heard, Derek, have been more of a sort of personal family reason as to why he's not staying or not signing a new contract. I, we don't know the ins and outs of it. I think he's been outstanding for us, for, for us Derek. Like any centre-half, he is prone to mistakes here and there. But I think if you take how he's played for us throughout the whole of his time at Rangers is by far, you know, the percentages have been really, really high with, you know, outstanding games that he had. So I, th- I think it would be a huge miss if he did go. Hopefully he won't be away in this window and we'll just have to see what happens there. But uh, I will... We'll, we'll leave it at that just now, Derek, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it does stay at the, the end of the season just to, to, to see it out and uh, keeps performing at a high, a high level like we have seen them do. Yep, absolutely. So, after the weekend's result, which we'll get into, people were raging at the board, and in particular, Ross Wilson. I really, really don't understand why, because we'll get into it, because... <coughs> What happened at the weekend was nothing to do with not bringing in signings. It was to do with individuals making horrendous errors. Yes. And players not playing to the full potential and just letting their concentration go. It was never about bringing in players. However, this window, we've got rid of a few players that were fringe players and we've brought in, granted on loan, but absolutely class. And as long as they push us on to win the title, you know, it's a wee bit of speculation and it's going to get us a big war chest and uh, at the end of it. So certainly I am more than delighted. The board have fully backed the manager again. We'll need to wait and see, and as long as we can crack on with this, and you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly, Derek. I'll, uh, I'm d- delighted, and again, it shows that, uh, you know, we touched on it at the start of the pod, it shows that we are, uh, you know, back in business big time, because going back even three three years ago, we would never have dreamt to get a player like Aaron Ramsey to sign for his own loan. So it's uh, no, really, really good stuff. I'm feeling really, really po- positive now, which is maybe a bad, is maybe a bad thing, <laughs> but we'll, we'll wait and see. Well, Dave, we're going to go down the tunnel and onto the pitch and we're going to take away some of that good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> So, we may as well get into the four games we've got to cover tonight. So, the first game was Tuesday the 18th of January. It was a one-each draw away to Aberdeen in the Premiership. So, a number of players were out injured or on international duty. Contrast that with Celtic, who, out of the 14 players that they played the previous night, 10 of them would not have been available had the break, the winter break, not been delayed. That's a, a, an absolute shocker, that. Yep. On that note as well, on the 11th of January, Sturgeon announced that 500 fan limit on outdoor sports would be lifted from the 17th mm-hmm. of January, uh, yep. which I think was quite surprising to all of us because what we expected and what the dentist was intimating in the press, uh, that there was going to be further further restrictions or they were going to continue. So I suspect that there was a bit of pressure given England didn't impose the same ridiculous cap and there was no spike in cases seen. So certainly good. For, I'm glad England done that because it helped us out that way yes so that meant the Aberdeen game was our first game back where we could get fan, full fans in the stadium not that Aberdeen you know filled their, their own quota in their own stadium mind you but I'll, I'll give that I'll let them away with that one because it was a Tuesday night so <laughs> right okay 
Uh, Kevin Clancy was the referee for this game who will feature heavily. He was having an yep. absolute nightmare. There was one change from the St. Byrne game as well for us. We lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Bassey, Barisic, Kamara, Sands, Hadji, Kent, Wright and Morelis. On the subs bench we had McLaughlin, Simpson, Balligan, King, Lundstrom, Bakuna, Sakala, Itten and McCann. Now, in the first half, not the most of convincing performance. However, we did find ourselves 1-0 to the good. Aberdeen started brightly with a lot of pace, putting our defence under a bit of pressure. They hit the post on the seventh minute as well. And it was a well-worked move by them to the right-hand side. It squares to their attacker in the middle, just outside the box, who was in space. He has a shot, might have deflected off our player and hits the outside of the left post and a goal kick was eventually given. So don't know if it was just poor linesmanship or it really didn't take a, a deflection off our player but off the post and a goal kick nonetheless yes. we were given Aberdeen acres of space in the final third however fortunately clear cut chances for them never really materialised one did however on the 20th minute which will no doubt cause the usual suspects to be claiming a conspiracy as there was a long ball up over our defence McGregor comes charging out attacker tries to loft it over McGregor the ball ended up going into orbit and not a chance that the attacker was getting to it. McGregor did make contact with the attacker, who was already spinning round and almost falling anyway when he, after his attempted loft. Claims for a penalty. Correct decision for me not to give anything, as there was no chance the attacker was getting to the ball, and he was spinning anyway and falling down. Yet the usual suspects, as I suspected, did raise the, the issue with that, didn't they? Yeah, it was always going to happen, though, Derek, wasn't it? You know, it's, yep. it's, it's, it's nothing surprising there. Yep. However, to further add to the conspiracy, we went right up the park and scored right after that, didn't we? Yeah. Went 1-0 on the 20th minute and it was Hadji who scored. It was quick up the field, down the right with right. He looks up, a long cross field pass to Kent on the edge of the box on the left. He looks up as well, crosses to the middle to the on-running Hadji who passes, basically passes the ball into the net. Arguably, Aberdeen were the better side up until that point, but what a fantastic goal and a great break. Yeah, fantastic goal, Derek, and delighted. And as you say, at that stage, it was pretty scrappy the whole of the first half. And, you know, we were looking for something, you know, a wee bit of class, a wee bit of, you know, oomph, you know, to get us up, up the field. And as you say, fantastic move and a tremendous goal as well. Absolutely delighted at that point. Yep. For the next 15 minutes, we controlled the match without creating too much. However, there were some really quick, nice passes passages of play, but largely came to nothing as Aberdeen were quick to get back and more often than not, they got around about eight players back in their box as we were breaking. The final 10 minutes of the half have seen Aberdeen start to retake control. And that's how the, the half ended up. We really needed to tighten up in the second half, not allow them much possession and space at the back. We needed to be more incisive yeah. going forward and better link up between the front line. However, we got pretty much none of that because it was a dreadful second half performance. Offered absolutely nothing up front, lacked any pace and urgency, slack passing. We did stop up, giving Aberdeen as much space at the back, but we were on the back foot for a lot of the second half. Clancy, who was having a piss poor game up until this point, he went into having a shocker really from the 58th minute when there was a shocking two-footed challenge by McCrory on Morelis. Only a yellow card was given. It should have been a red card every day of the week for me. Totally. Yep. No, I could completely agree with you, Derek. It was a shocker. And I don't know if it's just my perception of him now being a, an Aberdeen player, but every, every time he comes up against us, he's a little arsehole against us now. He goes into these rash challenges, we niggly things. He tries to play the Scott Brown way of just trying to niggle everybody and, and, and just get on their bad side. 
maybe that's my perception, but that's just the way I'm seeing it. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree with you, Derek. I, I really do. And at that stage of the game, when we are, you know, after sc- scoring that goal and go, go, going on, we were wanting to try and move on for there and try and retain the ball. And it was just constant at that point. There were constant fouls all the time. It was everything they could do to stop stop the game. That that was the really infuriating point for me as well. And you say he was always the sort of instigator in there, you know, constant niggles, constant in pe- people's faces and stuff. So, no, extremely frustrating. Yep. 64th minute, Wright came off and Lundstrom came on. We were losing out in the middle of the field, yeah. so to me it made a lot of sense. Not that it really done anything because Lundstrom was poor. Not He's became kind of the whipping boy. I don't know it if has, because, yeah. because of the pedigree he comes from the EPL or the fact that he's on a lot of wages. I don't think he's been as bad as everybody makes out. He's just like kind of like it since he's came back and played, been a bit of the whipping boy. However, on the 72nd minute, those three words we hate to hear, penalty to the Aberdeen. It was a corner in from the left, a header by the Aberdeen attacker, and it hits off the arm of Morelos, who, in fairness, was trying to move his arm out of the way. But the new rules, it was a penalty. We've benefited from the new rules. They're not great, but you know, some you get, some you don't. That's just the way, that, the way it falls. 73rd minute, one each. McGregor dives to the left, the ball goes into the right, and it was travelling at pace as well, so no chance for McGregor. So really disappointed going into the last, you know, maybe 20 minutes there. Made a substitution on the 78th minute, Hadji off and Sakala on. 82nd minute, our first corner of the second half. <laughs> Absolutely disgraceful. 82nd yep. minute, first yep. corner of the second half. It was in from the right by Tavernier, a stunning volley by Morelos, forces the keeper into a great dive and save out for the corner. Really, really unlucky that was worthy of a goal, I would have said. Yeah, d- definitely. Great technique as well, Derek. I thought it was hitting the back of the net every day. Uh, but in fairness to the Aberdeen goalkeeper, he did pull off a fantastic save for that one. Yeah. And then, if Clancy was having a shocker, he just lost the plot completely a minute later, because in the 83rd minute, he's shown a red card to Ryan Kent for his second booking. Kent had already been booked about <sighs> yep. 10 minutes previously, after he was the one got fouled. It was a bit of afters, you know, it had all been dealt with. He books Johnny Hayes and Ryan Kent for that as well. I don't understand what Kent had done. He pushed them away. But it was it, he wasn't the aggressor. He was trying to calm it down. He just wanted to get him out the road. Clancy taking the easy option, giving him that yellow card there. However, if that was a bad yellow card, this yellow card was an absolute shocker because he goes for the ball with Brown at the touchline. There was minimal contact, if any. Certainly, the, the replays look as if the, there was no contact anyway. And the referee books Ryan Kent for it. Scott Brown taunts him as he goes off as well. Absolutely disgraceful from Scott Brown. We'll get into that later on. But... That was an absolute shocking decision from the referee there. In my view, Kent had control of the ball and had actually got away from Brown. The two of them had went for the ball at the same time and Kent had clipped the ball through and he was about to race clear. Brown goes down and for some incredible reason, Kent gets booked. It's no no a tackle, it's no any type of foul whatsoever. Kent actually gets the ball, skips past him while Brown was making contact with the ball. It was absolutely incredible. I've I've watched it back, I don't know how many times, I don't know how on earth that you could even think that there was any type of, you know, malicious contact whatsoever with Scott Brown. And he gets booked for it. And, you know, subsequently, you know, ends up go- going off as well. It's, it's, it's absolutely baffling 
that that happened and that for me is where I knew that we weren't going to get anything out of the game at all because you know there's always a chance but when things like that happen it's you know quite incredible completely against us and everybody everybody connected with Rangers was quite right to be absolutely furious by that decision and then if that was bad enough a couple of minutes later on the 87th minute I mean Dave you know me, I'm not one of these people to say that referees are cheats or anything like that. I just think they're really, really bad at their job. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know they've got a hard job, but some of them just do guesswork or they don't clearly know the rules. This is the first time I've really thought, this referee is completely at it now. He's on the payroll of somebody and it's no us. Because in the 87th minute, Johnny Hayes, bearing in mind, he's already on a yellow card, elbows Barisic twice in the face, right in front of the yep. linesman and absolutely nothing given. Blood coming from Barisic's nose. The referee sees it and tells him to play on. And then Scott Brown runs over to the ref, basically to get Barisic off the park and to clean his nose. Clancy sent him to get treatment, which put us down to nine men while we were defending a free kick. Quite. It was absolutely incredible, Derek. As clear as day. You know, you have to, I, I can't say any more than what you've done already. Right in front of the referee... Even the Aberdeen players knew that he'd been injured. How on earth could they get, you know, a, a, a bloody nose if, if there was some sort of contact there as well? Absolutely shambolic referee in there, Derek. A clear red card. Uh, just baffling. Absolutely baffling. And nothing appears to have been brought up no. by the compliance officer as well, which, so what's the compliance officer actually doing? Story for another day, though. And then we made a sub on the 89th minute, Morelos off, and, and on, you know, this is the start of yeah. him becoming a bit of a whipping boy. Yeah. Really disappointed at the, 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 the performance, you know, the result as well, obviously, you know, dropping points. But there's a way, other way of talking it, considering we're so bad, you know, it could be a point gained rather than two points dropped. So that's, you look at it that way. However, after the match, there was a headline in the paper, Rangers and Aberdeen dressing rooms flooded after bad-tempered Pitodri clash. <laughs> oh kind of makes out there was some sort of stromash in the, in the dressing rooms after. And one Aberdeen fan claimed that his uncle was the maintenance man at Pitodri and Rangers caused damage. Well, no, it turned out there was actually an electrical fault and both the dressing rooms were flooded. So typical headlines as well. However, after the game as well, in response to the refereeing performance, we wrote to and had a meeting with the SFA and raised eight points during the game where we had concerns with the referee. It was, surprise, surprise, met with ridicule in the press and basically more or less stated, how dare we say this about our referees? Despite Celtic's own chairman and their AGM flagging concerns about referees, but I think their concerns were more about bias against Celtic, you know. Um, the irony of the whole situation is is that Celtic played Alawa, I think, that, that night or the same or a night before. There were some quite robust challenges that didn't go Celtic's way. They picked up a few injuries and their fans and manager were completely greeting about it. You know, unbelievable. Yep. Scott Scott Brown, I said I would get back to him. Absolute classless wanker that he is. Colin Hendry put it perfectly when he said, if he wants to act like that, fine but he should hand the captaincy over because you would never see other captains. And he gave a list of all the great captains in Scotland. They would never see any of them do that. So that's the the difference with Brown is I think he's realised that in the last five years, his performances are waning. So he has to go in for all this childish antics, all this wind up patter merchant. That's not captain material that. He's just an absolute wanker. And for him to, as I said in the last podcast, get nominated for the Fair Play Award for going over and shaking uh, Kamara's hand is just an absolute joke of an award then, if that's the case. It was, But again, Derek, that whole 
gesture. Clubs have, have you know, really had to make that gesture, but that was, you know, it was scripted. It wasn't a, you know, a spontaneous act of solidarity by the Celtic captain. It was something that he was told to do. I don't care what, what anybody says. He'd done it. It was a, you, you know, a, a, a gesture that, that, that was there, but, you know, exactly like you said, he's always been the same right the way through his career, Derek, and because of the fact that he was a Celtic captain for so many years, Fuck all gets said about it in the press. We all know why. And he's continued his shameful performances off the ball up Aberdeen as well. So uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's to be expected from him. I don't think he'll ever change, to be perfectly honest with you. No. But anyway, we'll move on now because we will go through <coughs> the next game, which is Friday the 21st of January. It was at home to Stirling Albion in the Scottish Cup round four. We were one 4 0 Obviously, given the fact that it was the first home game since the New Year as well, the Loving Cup ceremony was was presented yep. as well, which was always great to see. Stirling Albion, I think that was the first time they've they've experienced that as well, and they put a glowing uh, letter out to Rangers yeah. and their fans as well, which which was brilliant. Eight changes from the Aberdeen team. Morelos was called up to the Colombian squad for the World Cup qualifier, so I'm not sure if he had left before this game, but he wasn't involved in any case. So we lined up McLaughlin, Tavernier, Lundstrom, Goldson, Hadji, Itton, Simpson, Barker, Bakuna, Balligan and Sakala. On the subs bench were McCrory, Bassey, Sands, Wright, Roof, McCann, King and Lowry. Now, first half, it was a comfortable and perfunctory first half, if not a little unsurprising. Fully in control, Played in the Stirling half largely due to Stirling sitting deep. A bit pedestrian at times. Maybe the eight changes played into that. A few chances here and there, but really little clear cut and not worrying their keeper too much. Stirling had a couple of shots over the bar. The best chance for them came on the seventh minute when Tavernier and McLaughlin had a bit of a mix-up at the back. McLaughlin came out of his box to clear and the Stirling player nearly got in there, but wasn't a, a big shakes there. Fourteenth minute. Big change because Hadji got injured and he had to come off. And the youngster Alex Lowry came on. Now, yeah. Hadji, it was a knee-to-knee collision in the box when trying to go for a shot. A real sore one, it looked like. Yep. There was no malice in it at all. It was just one of these collisions. And unbelievably, it turns out that he's out for the rest of the season and he had to have an operation as well. It's amazing that the fact that innocuous challenges like that always turn out to be the worst. Moles, yeah. you know, Michael Moles is a good case in yep. point of that, a non, non-event of a challenge and he's, he's got a career-ending injury. Yeah, we'd just have to hope, Derek, that everything's went well with his surgery and his, you know, rehabilitation goes to plan and it doesn't, uh, you know, affect him too much and he gets back to full fitness. But, you know, as, as you said, Derek, there was, at the time, it didn't look as if there was much in that at all. Uh, and it's turned out to be something quite serious for him. So, you know, here's hoping that everything's OK for him and, you know, and he, he gets back in the team soon. Yes. However... You know, always good to see a youngster getting on and, you know, it's always a, a chance for them to, to to grasp their opportunity and by God, Lowry has grasped that opportunity, yeah. hasn't he? Because, you know, only less than 15 minutes been on the park and he scores and he got, we go 1-0 up on the 31st minute. We started the move in midfield, drove it forward. There was a pass to Bakuna who got it to the edge of the, the box, squares it to Lowry on the right, who shoots to the left and into the back of the net. A lovely all-round goal, but amazing from Lowry as well. Absolutely brilliant, Derek. He was like a you know a total sparky light when he came on. He had had a wee flash just before that as well, a turn 
and you know I think that got everybody's attention. Uh, you know there was just about three or four minutes before that, uh, you know he, he, he ghosted past one player and then twisted past another AP player, fantastic ball into the box. So we were already you know excited at that point, and then for him to score. That goal as well, absolutely brilliant. And, you know, really well-controlled goal by him. He knew exactly where the goalkeeper was and where the ball was. And fantastic for him as well at Ibrox to get his first goal like that for, for, for the team. And to spring the team into life, Derek, because it basically was like a pre-season friendly up to that point, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. However, we basically secured the game on the 36th minute because those three words you love to hear, <laughs> penalty to Rangers. It was a cross-in from the right, cleared by the defender, and the referee blew his whistle. A bit of confusion for a few seconds as it wasn't actually clear what he was given and then he points to the spot for a handball. Looking back in the replay, what a spot by the referee there because certainly in in real time, I don't think anybody in the stadium or anybody watching at home on the TV could have told you that was a handball, but in the replays, it was a clear handball. So, you know, what a spot. Up steps Tavernier a minute later on the 37th minute and he makes it 2-0. He shoots to the left, the keeper d- dives the right way, but it was too well placed. Brilliant. Yep, superb at that point, Derek. As you say, I wasn't sure at first what the penalty was for, but again, great spot by the referee and, uh, you know, excellent. We were in control of the game anyway, but to get the second goal really did sort of cement the, the result in the end. So, no, good stuff. Yes. And then the conspiracy theorists with his tongues would have been wagging again because two minutes after we scored the penalty, those three words again, penalty to Rangers. Barker taken out from behind in the box, correct decision. And as I said in the in the post matches, you can have one penalty, a hundred penalties in a game. See if if it is a clear cut decision like that, then it's a penalty, regardless of what yeah. you think. However, on the same minute, 39th minute, Tavernier missed. He hits it to the left again, but it was at the, just at the right height for the keeper and it was a decent save, or rather a bad miss because he should have probably put it to the other side. But, you know, hey-ho, just as well, it wasn't a, an important game where we needed yep. to, to score in again. At that point, the game was effectively done. Get some minutes into the, into the players for the, the second half. Don't pick up more injuries. A few more goals would be good, but I don't think we should have been overextending ourselves. So that was my hopes for the second half. Yeah. And second half, a dominant display. Us completely on top. Played in the Sterling half again. Never really got out of first gear. Scala had a volley off a defender early on. We had a header saved by the keeper onto the bar. 59th minute, we scored and made it 3-0. And it was Itton that scored. It was a lovely move with Lowry showing some great skill near the box to feed the ball to Lundstrom, who gets it into the box. He passes to Itton, who takes a touch, rounds the defender and hits it into the back of the net from inside the six-yard box. Great goal. Yep, good goal. I just think to finish by by Itton as well. And that's what I was hoping for, for him, Derek, because, you know, he's came back. He would be desperate to go on the goal sheet. So great for him. I know it's not a... No disrespect to Sterling Albion, it's not top opposition, but to be a striker, you're always wanting to score, and you know he'll be delighted that he managed to go on the goal. You, you know the goal scoring list at that point. Yep. Sixtieth minute, Balogun came off and Leon King came on. Lowry had another good shot, and shortly after that, made another sub on the sixty-seventh minute. Barker off and Roof on. 
Sterling's best chance of the probably the game uh, was a shot from inside the box, um, and it was at pace. And McLaughlin had a decent save for it. And then we rounded out the game on the 86 minute when we went 4 0 with Sakala scoring. It was a lovely pass from Bakuna to the left side of the box for the on running pacey Sakala, cuts it inside, free of any defenders, and hits at an angle into the back of it. Good goal. Great goal, Derek, and great for him because as he came out on social media later on saying that he could now go and get his hair cut because he had <laughs> vowed that he wasn't going to cut his hair until he scored a goal. So really pleased for him and so will his barber. No, it was a great goal, Derek. Pleased for him. We all we have all taken this wee guy to our heart, haven't we? He, he always looks so happy, so delighted to be there. He really sort of lifts the mood of the players and that, I think, as well. So d- delighted for him to score, regardless what competition it is. So great stuff. Yes. So that's how the game ended up. So the couple of games the next day, and that's when the draw was made as well. And that was for the fifth round, and we drew an athletic away. So that's going to be played on Saturday the 12th of February. It's a half-five kick-off, though, which is a pain in the hoop. Pity it's away as well, but, um, you know, we'll take them any which way they come. Yeah, definitely, Derek, yep. Yep, Celtic play Wraith Rovers at home the next day, so typical home draw for Celtic, you know, where's the conspiracy <laughs> here, say, eh? blah, 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 you're, blah. you're starting to sound like one of them, Derek, so yeah. <laughs> Shock of the round, though, Kelty Hearts beating St. Johnson, so yeah. absolutely fantastic for Kevin Thompson there. Yep. St. Johnson in a really bad way just now. Yeah, they certainly are. For a team who looked so assured last year, double cup winners, it just shows you if you get rid of two or three of your top performers for the season before, it really can affect a club like St Johnston and it certainly looks like it has because I do actually rate their manager really highly, Derek, but I think his, his hands were maybe tied by having to sell players and stuff like that. So uh, I, they're not looking in great shape at the moment. No. Next game we've got to cover was on Wednesday the 26th of January. It was a 1-0 win at home to Livingston in the Premiership. We made seven changes from the Stirling Albion game. On this note, Morelis, Aribo, Ken, Jack, Hadji, Hellander and Davis all missing for this game. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's your, you know, half a first team yeah. there, pretty much. Conditions were really, really bad as well. Uh, driving rain and, and windy as well, if I remember right. So we lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Bassey, Barisic, Kamara, Sands, Lowry, Wright, Sakala and Itton on the subs bench were McLaughlin, Simpson, King, Lundstrom, McCann, Barker, Roof, Arfield and Jack. So the first half, a really frustrating first half as we had a bulk yep. of the play, a number of chances but just really needed somebody to stick their leg out and be more alert. There was a bit of disconnect at times. Lowry was the clear standout, however, yeah. and and he was involved in most of the chances we had. He looks comfortable and confident, which is really good to see. Livingston have been quick on the break and we've had to keep it tight at the back. Most of the chances have come from the wings and some good play to get the ball to the box. Decent enough crosses put in, but the attackers were missing or really fluffed their lines. Our best chance of the half came on the 25th minute where Lowry was in the middle near the box. He passed the right on the right, who takes it into the box, has a shot which was cleared off the line by the defender and, as I said, that was probably the best chance. 35th minute, there was a handball claim from Livingston where there was a corner in from the from Livingston from the right, bounced right to their player at the back post who heads it and Lowry clears it off the line at the post. It looked to me, if it wasn't his chest, it was his shoulder. Claims for a penalty, nothing given, in my opinion, quite rightly. But as usual, the Moon Howlers claiming, oh no, it was a definite penalty, conspiracy, blah, 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 blah. 
it's the same every single time, Dave, when there's a potentially contentious decision or the, the referee must be cheating. But again, Derek, it's to be expected. We, we, we all know if there's a, a, anything that's a suspect like that, it is, it is always going to be like that with us. So I really don't pay too much attention to that at all, to be honest with you. With a chance in the 39th minute with great movement of the ball ends in it into Tavernier on the overlap on the right-hand side. He plays a first-time cross across the goal, flicked towards the net by Sakala, but a good save and out for the corner. And the last chance of the half, a great break with Lowry to Sakala down the left. Sakala drives it forward to get into the box, holds it up for support, good cross and finds right, but he's wrong-footed and the ball gets held up rather than shot and then eventually cleared. So there's a lot of chances like that in yes. the half and in, in, in the game where... Livingston were actually really good at breaking and then they were really good at getting a number of players because I counted you know, certainly 10 players in, in the box sometimes or 10 of their players in their own box when we were breaking. So that was always going to be difficult to break down and that was the only way we were getting forward. We couldn't take it through the middle because there was no space to do that there. So we were actually getting down the wings, putting in some good crosses, but there was no link up there. Dare we say it though, Derek, like we have already, Possibly, it was needing a poacher in there, a, a goal scorer to get on the end of any of these chances. Maybe a, the, the perfect game for a Jermaine Defoe at that stage. You know, <laughs> yeah. keep, you know, keep, keep saying it. You know, and it, it was the same with the Aberdeen game also. Before that, I don't know what we're covering old ground here, but I genuinely think that he would have thrived off of those t- two games and certainly the amount of chances we were making. Yeah, second half though. It was a much better second half. Yep. However, we still made heavy weather of it. It was all us, but we really struggled to find that opening. And it was going to either take a, a, a penalty, a set piece, or an absolute moment of magic for us to find the net. And it turned out it was the, the latter of the two. It certainly was. 46 minutes right after right after kickoff, it was a good move from Sakala, getting the ball into the box, looking to find the perfect angle, ended up passing to right in the box, and it was smuggled away by the defence. Just fucking shoot the ball, Sakala, that's all we're asking, and it might take a pinball off anybody and then go into the back of net. As I said in the post-match as well, we were doing that earlier on in the season, just having shots, and there was a game where we actually got two deflected goals because we were having shots, so that's all we needed to do in a crowded yeah. box. Yep. made a substitution on the 59th minute Sands and Itton came off Arfield and Roof came on and certainly one of them was an inspired substitution 67th minute was a long ball floated up to Sakala had to hold it up as, in, as he was in the box on his own players arrived but didn't find space Sakala takes on players gets a, a ball across and flashes across the wall again but nobody was picking it up unfortunately 71st minute outstanding play by Sakala again to chase the ball down spin make a drive and run into the box on the left and have a blister and shot put over the bar by the fingertips of the keeper really unlucky there and then fortunately a moment of magic on the 75th minute from Arfield to make it 1-0 an absolute stunner Barisic on the left passes to Sakala Barisic makes the run demands the ball be played back to him in the space which he points to it was duly done he plays a lovely cross into the centre of the box which finds Arfield who uses the outside of his right foot to flick it over the defence and the keeper into the far side of the goal what a goal it was outstanding, Derek. As you say, the build-up play was excellent as well. We were needing somebody from midfield to be able to step forward, to score goals, to be a threat, to score. And we all know 
Arfield can do that, and it was just a tremendous goal, wasn't it? As you say, the the the, the timing and the execution of the, the goal was excellent. The, the way that he flicked it with the outside his foot and dinked it perfectly right over the goalkeeper and it dropped perfectly right down in, into the back of the net. There's even somebody in the line, I don't think, would have been able to clear that because it was right into the back of the net. It was a fantastic goal and a you know a match winning worthy goal by Scott Arfield it was it was something out, outstanding and uh, something that he'll, he'll look back, back on as well at the end of the season an excellent goal for him and you know relief for the rest of us wasn't it because we were thinking it was going to be one of the days that we weren't going to get a goal but absolutely brilliant by him yep 76 minutes just after that and this was this was already getting teed up before we scored Wright came off and Jack came on and it's good to see Jack back and my god how composed did he look in the yeah. 15 20 minutes he played he just was taking balls out of mid-air he was just so so calm and collected at it all and maybe that's what we've been lacking uh, for all along is, is just a really composed person in midfield I think Derek you were talking about John Lundstrom earlier on I think that that is the type of player that we thought John Lundstrom was going to be for Rangers turns out that he's you know a completely different type of player than what Ryan Jack is but as you say for Jack to be out for so long to come back and just look so comfortable as if he's been playing you know the whole time it's brilliant and it's really encouraging for for, for us as well that's it you know we, we need Ryan Jack back fully fit to sit in the midfield there because he's one of the best box-to-box players in the country when he's, you know, when he's completely fit. So, uh, you know, really, really pleased to see him back in the team. And then the last piece of play I've got here is a bit of a scare on the 86th minute because the ball was floated up to our box from Livingston, bounced right in front of McGregor, who had to be alert as the attacker was looking, but he managed to gather it anyway. So, it was nervy, certainly, yes. especially given the fact that we, we just drew against Aberdeen in the league. But we got there in the end. It was difficult conditions, you know, swirling winds, you know, driving rain. Uh, same for both teams, especially as well, given the fact that they, they were packing their box. But we got the result in the end, which was always good. Yeah, we certainly did, Derek. Delighted with that. Difficult conditions. Livingston are a difficult team to break down, Derek. They always are. So, so anything there's, I, I, I don't think anybody ever goes out and puts three or four past Livingston. If they do, it's very, very seldom. They are a defensive, hard to beat team. So, uh, you know, I'll take that one nil against them. And you know, the three points was all that mattered at the end of the day. Yes. So into the last game we've got to cover was the really disappointing Saturday the 29th of January. It was a 3 each draw away to Ross County in the Premiership. Now, I didn't see the game live. I was away and I managed to catch the game back up on Sunday, yep. yesterday there. So I've got the, the unfortunate comments of this here. Again, there were bad conditions with the wind and rain. Same for both teams, granted. That certainly wasn't the reason why we drew the game. Four changes from the Livingston game. We lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Bassey, Barisic, Aribo, Arfield, Kamara, Ahmad, Kent and Itton. So this is good to see Ahmad go straight into the team. Yep. And on the subs bench were McLaughlin, Sands, Lowry, Wright, Sakala, King, Lundstrom, Jack and Roof. So overall, it was a, a very poor first half display, despite starting off very brightly, because yeah. we got a goal on the fifth minute and it was a debut goal for Ahmad as well. Yes, yep. Ball down the left, Itton slides in to win the ball, where he passes it to Rebo, who was running down the wing, gets it into the box, a lovely cross across the face of the goal, and more or less a tap-in for Ahmad on his debut. Brilliant. 
absolutely brilliant. Great way to get, you know, to kickstart your Rangers career. Derek, a goal on your debut for him on the right wing. And finally, a presence out there on, on the right-hand side for us. So, no, I think everybody's absolutely delighted. We were d- desperate to see him play and a, a dream start for him. And then after that, though, we sat back. We allowed yep. Ross County to come at us. We still had a bulk of possession, but done little with it. And the chances we did have were right at the keeper every single time. And then, inexplicably, Ross County scored and made it one each on the 25th minute. Ross County went down the left, across into the box. McGregor has an absolute howler and comes out a couple of yards to catch it in what is normally bread and butter to him. But he spills it and the alert attacker knocks it into the back of the net. An absolute shocker from McGregor there. I don't know what he was doing. He kind of gets away with things because he saved us so many times. You pick him up on it. He'll learn. But well, what we'll go into, he never, and he just had one of these games that was an absolute atrocious game. Yep, no, really quite shocking. If we didn't, as you say, if it wasn't Alan McGregor, if it was another good goalkeeper, we would all be absolutely fuming and, you know, questioning why he was in, in the team. But we know that as McGregor, we know that he's very seldom prone to these mistakes, but that was an absolute shocker by him and his standards. And then, unbelievably, Four minutes later, we went 2-1 down on the 29th minute. It was a long ball knocked up towards our defence who were sitting high. Barisic heads it, but right to the Ross County player who heads it forward again. Bassey, no idea what he was thinking, tries to swing a high leg at it, but completely misses it, allowing the attacker to pick up the ball and slot it past the McGregor through his legs. It was shocking defending, but again... It was bad keeping. I felt McGregor could have done a lot more with that there. Certainly no leave his, his legs lying wide open for that. Yeah, I know. A really sort of easy, easy one again, Derek. And that that's the infuriating thing we had prided ourselves on, especially last season, how rock solid the defence was. That was just far too easy for them. It was it was pretty amateurish and just really really disappointing at that stage, wasn't it? We after that didn't show really the urgency you would expect. No. We had a bulk of the play again, a couple of good passages, a play ending in shots, but again, right at the keeper. So that's how the, the first half ended up. Certainly, Ahmad looking good with some nice, skillful play, as was Aribo. Other than that, really not many players showing what they're actually capable of. So into the second half, a dominant display in the second yep. half, yet a moment of stupidity from McGregor <laughs> cost us in the last minutes that cost us the three points. We came out the traps flying and got the goal on the 49th minute and it was Tavernier who scored to make it two each. We were knocking the ball around well, played to the right side to Ahmad, lovely step overs to outfox the defender, has a blistering shot at the edge of the box, it was saved by the keeper, rebounded out to the defender who tries to clear it, but only to the back post which finds Tavernier who shoots it into the back of the net. Tavernier yeah. picks balls up in strange places, sometimes yep. more like a striker. Yeah, no it was, and it was an excellent f- finish by him as well, Derek, it was a sort of right poachers an instinct for him to get the goal and a fantastic time for us to get the uh, the, the equaliser still with nearly the whole of the second half to go yeah 55th minute lane siege to the Ross County defence yep. with countless shots about four attempts Aribo involved in everything getting balls across willing to get the ball back three times several chances from others but couldn't get a clean shot up and some last ditch defending from Ross County at that point there made a substitute on the 59th minute itting off and roof on now as much as he didn't contribute a hell of a lot Again, from the, the comments I was seeing on Twitter, because I was keeping up to date on, on Twitter with it, they were saying he was having an absolute shocker. To me, I didn't see that there. 
he was trying his bit, Derek. I think everybody was just getting a bit frustrated. He's not Alfredo Morelos, Derek. He doesn't play like him. Alfredo Morelos, for us, in my opinion, is the perfect lone striker for us just because of his phys- physical presence, constantly biting at people's ankles and desperate to, to, to get the ball, always playing on the last man. Cedric Kitten's not like that at all. I think the vast majority of fans are, are used to seeing the sort of gritty play from Morelos and as I say, Itton's just no like that at all. I don't think he should be getting the criticism he's getting either, Derek, uh, because he has been away for some time, but quite ineffective, to be perfectly honest with you. But again, not getting a lot of the ball, not getting a lot of chances up to to, to where he was. So, you know, a a, a bit unlucky there. But I I agree with you. I don't think he should be getting the level of criticism that he has been getting. 63rd minute, Ahmad was on the right. He drives it forward, cuts inside and hits a shot and deflected out for the corner. So unlucky there. 65th minute though, he came off and Sakala came on. So a really good run out there and a good display. And then 72nd minute, we finally made it 3-2 with Golden scoring. A lot of pressure ended in a corner. It was initially cleared, but we got the ball back down the left to Barisic. It was a cross in, trapped in the feet of the sliding in defender who tried to clear it, but only to the path of Arfield, who has a shot, which was saved by the leg of the keeper, but flicked up to the back post where Golson was unmarked and heads it into an empty net at that point it was just a case of saying thank fuck yeah no it was and I think going back to what we were talking about Golton Derek you could see how much it meant it meant to him to get the, you know that goal at that point uh, again coming down you said it no, no long ago if, if you have a shot you know eventually you're going to score regardless if the ball goes in and that all came from Scott Arfield from, you know, the midfielder, we, say, we said it before, having a shot, great save by the keeper, but only out as far as Goldson to nod the ball into the back of the net. So, you know, if, if you have shots on goal, more than likely you're going to end up scoring goals, and that's exactly what happened there. And at that point, Derek, 3-2, I thought Rangers were excellent up to that point. We were constantly attacking. It was like seeing the Rangers team, you know, of, of last season and, and the first half of this season, you know, really go, going all guns out to, to get the goal and getting the goal. But then, as you're about to get into Derek, we just, you know, not too, too long after that, we just see, see, seem to stop. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you get into that. Yep. We could have made it 4-2, though, yeah. a, few, a few minutes later on the 77th minute because Roof gets the ball at the edge of the box in the centre with his back to goal, uses his strength to hold off the player, spins and hits a shot which hit the inside of the post. Arfield unlucky not to get the rebound as well with his outstretched leg, so really unlucky that there. Bit of a turning point at that stage, Derek. Did you not think if that had went in, it was game over? Yep. After that, I don't think we sat back like people were saying, but we certainly did drop the pace a wee bit. 90th minute, we made a substitution with Arfield off and Lundstrom on. And then there was inexplicably seven minutes of added on time. Now, I know their keeper was down injured. I think he might have broke his nose for a wee bit of time. And there was a number of subs in the game, but there was nowhere near seven minutes of injury time there. However, not that it really matters because on the 95th minute, Ross County pulled the goal back and made it three each. It was a corner from Ross County from the left. The ball was not cleared. A ball was knocked towards our goal by their attacker. It was a slow pace and bouncing. McGregor, for some reason, I have, I'm still to work out, he decides to half-heartedly come out and slide in for it with his knee. I don't know what the fuck he was trying to do. It hits off him right to their attacker at the back post who hits it past the defender and into the net. 
two goals <laughs> that were shipped by McGregor this game. I have been trying to think, uh, Derek, and try to analyse what McGregor was actually thinking. And I'm not going to put it on the the, the defence at all. I'm putting this solely on Alan McGregor because it wasn't a blistering shot or anything like that. The defence left it because it looked to me at that stage that it was just going to be an easy gather for Alan McGregor just to sort of pounce on the ball, keep a hold of it. But uh, I, I, I don't know what he was thinking, Derek. He, he hesitated slightly. He was very slow to react, and it just gave them the chance just to slot the ball in, in, in the, the back of the net. It was just really shambolic, something that should have been really easy for, for McGregor to deal with, a guy with his experience, and it turned into a total shit show by him. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's cost us the, the three points. There's, there's no way sugarcoating it. Everybody said exactly the same thing. And just really going by how well that we played in the second half to not being able to see the game out at that stage solely on in the game is just really, really poor and really, really disappointing. And it put me in a mood for fucking two, two days after it. <laughs> Basically put, put me in a mood right up until half past nine tonight where my spirits have been completely lifted. <laughs> now, I mean, a lot of folk were then blaming Kamara. They were particularly no. blaming Lundstrom as well. Now, Lundstrom played a big Hollywood pass, apparently, which lost his possession. It was played up the field. We got possession back. Kamara tried our pass to someone and it was a short pass, which we lost out of possession. And then we eventually we conceded the corner. So you can't blame Lundstrom because the defence has got a job to do and then we should have defended the corner and then if Alan McGregor just done the, the, the basics right then the ball wouldn't have went in the back of the net for Ross County so to then come round and say oh well Lundstrom shouldn't have been playing a Hollywood pass aye well maybe that's the case but at the same time you can't blame him for us conceding because there was a hell of a lot to go on there after that for, for us to do before the goal went in. So you kind of, again, this is, you know, Rangers Twitter, as they blame, they, you always have these whipping boys. That I, I'm not saying that Lundstrom has been amazing. I'm not saying he's been great, but to solely blame him was a bit poor, I felt. And it kind of led into what I was saying earlier on when I was talking about the transfers, is people were absolutely raging, oh, it's the board's fault, Ross Wilson, what the hell is he doing? Us drawing that game was nothing to do with us not signing players. It was players not doing the basics right. Players that we are fully aware that they've got more than enough capability to beat. What, what were they? That I think the, the third bottom at that point. Definitely. So it's not, it's nothing yep. to do with signings. It was to do with players' attitudes, ultimately. However, after the game, Ross County player Reagan Charles Cook found racist abuse posted to him online. Really, really not acceptable in any shape or form. I've no idea at this stage who done it, but it really doesn't matter which team you support or who the player plays for. It's an absolute disgrace and should not be happening in this day and age. That follows on from a freelance journalist and Rangers fan having been victim of racist abuse at the Stirling Albion game at Ibrox, as well as Namdi Offbore receiving racist abuse while gaming as well. I mean, if this is any of our fans, now I don't know who's done it, but Ultimately, we cannot have a leg to stand on about claiming about Cadella being a racist and then Kamara receiving racist abuse and then some of our own fans, if it was them, doing the same thing. It is not acceptable in any shape or form whatsoever. And I hope 
the, the powers that be and also Rangers, if it's anything to do with any of our fans, are working hard to, to try and root that person or people done it out. I know there's a there's a police investigation yes. in the, the off yeah. one, so I can imagine it's the same with the other ones as well. It's, it's a disgrace. It, it is a disgrace, Derek, regardless who's done it, regardless what team the support, the the, the re- reasons behind it is absolutely disgusting. There's, there's absolutely no no way that it should be any, anything to do with society, you know, regardless if it's football or, or, or anything. There's there's no excuses whatsoever. There has been a lot of things said, which I'm not going to repeat, blaming certain people and our supporters be nothing concrete yet. So I'm not going to condemn uh, any supporters just now. I'm, I'm basically just going to do it to the people who have done that for... You know, there's absolutely no reasoning behind it whatsoever for each one of those cases, Derek. Absolutely shocking. I was really disappointed in the the stories. And again, Derek, I can only go by what I'm reading on social media and I'm, I'm reading it in, in the media as well. But the freelance ju- journalist that you told me about as well, we should be doing everything to make the people's experience in going to watch Rangers for the first time to be absolutely magical. And, you know, regardless who's said it and what context or whatever, that's ruined it for him. It's made him now, it's the old saying that if you think of a, a, a certain support, whether it's one or two bad pennies, it's, you know, that they're going to think that every single Rangers fan is like that and it paints us all in a really, really bad, puts us all in a bad light. And I absolutely hate thinking that there's anybody out there that thinks that all these Rangers supporters are all the same. But unfortunately, I'm afraid in society, that's the way that it is portrayed, Derek. So I'm disgusted uh, as well. And, you know, for, for everything else, exactly like you said, Derek, we can't be on our high horses about Kamara, you know, and if we find out it is anybody, anything to do with our club and our fans, then I'm, I'm absolutely embarrassed by it and... You know, it's just, it's just, a, there's absolutely no place for it in society at all, Derek. Disgusting. No. no. However, in terms of the league position, we have played 23, won 7, drawn 5, lost 1, scored 48, conceded 18, goal difference plus 30, and we're on 56 points. So we're still top of the league. Two ahead of Celtic just now, who have a four better goal difference, 14 ahead of Hearts, and 24 ahead of Motherwell. Next games we've got to play, obviously the big one on Wednesday night, which is Wednesday the 2nd of February, away to Celtic in the Premiership. That's a 1945 kickoff. A massive, massive game, Dave, goes without saying, as they all are. Celtic, you know, scraping wins, us conceding late minute, last minute goals. We're not playing the best since we've came back from the winter <laughs> break, obviously. You know, that's two draws and uh, yep. a victory in the league so far, and a, a, a kind of hard fought victory like that. The curse of the winter break again, Derek, for us, isn't it? When we did our last pod, we spoke about the next four games, and that's the four games that we've just covered. And I think we thought at that point that they were all winnable games for us and we were expecting us to win all all of those games and it's turned out that's not been the case. Our next four games, which you're going to go speak about on paper, look much more difficult than their last four games. I hope that there won't be this sort of possible bit of complacency there by the, you, you know, the players. I know we've had a lot of players missing but we should still be able to beat, and again, all respect to the likes of Ross County, we should be beating them. Aberdeen, we should have beat them as well, Derek. So even with all the players out, we should be beating this lot. 
is it slight complacency? Will the players have a different mindset going into the next four games because they are on paper more difficult matches? I certainly hope so. This next game on Wednesday is huge for us. We've got a huge lift in the signings that have been brought in. As I say, the Armand, the right winger, looks a special, special player. Scott Arfield is getting his goal scoring touch touch again. I'm, I'm delighted about that. We've now again got just signed Aaron Ramsey again, which is you know absolutely sensational. Whether or not he'll play or he'll be a sub, I don't know. I know he's not played in a while, so I can't see him going into the team for that game, Derek. But defensively wise, we need to shape up big time because we will be put under pressure by Celtic. We will be at Bears, Celtic Park. We won't have any fans in there. It will be a cauldron. And I just hope that our veteran players really step up, Derek. And, you know, I wouldn't put it past Alan McGregor to have an absolutely sensational game after them and a criticism. That's what I'm hoping happens anyway, Derek. But it's going to be absolutely massive. I cannot call it just now. The one thing that I will say, Derek, is that we've been beaten once this season and our fans are criticising their team big time. Maybe we should be trying to find the positives in the fact that we have only been beaten once and we've still you know we're still at the top of the league just now that's what we should be looking at just now and you know going there positive for the rest of the team but I'm not going to call it it's going to be a, a, a difficult one I know that they've got their uh, all their fans are expecting them to go and steamroller us but they're going to have a lot of players missing as well for this next game as well Derek so it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's just going to be the, the battle of the nerves out there to see which team is the, the most professional that, uh, that that comes out with the points at the end of the day. Yeah, I just think people need to, if we do lose the game, people need to keep their shit because, yeah, we've not been playing well. We've, we've, we're going to drop more points if we end up losing. Obviously, Celtic will end up going top of the league, but it's still a long way to go. And as much as it's not good, Celtic will still drop points as well, that I'm sure. So we'll wait and see how that turns out. Exactly. Next game, Sunday the 6th of February at home to Hearts in the Premiership. That's a 1600 kickoff. Don't know why that's a 1600 kickoff. Wednesday the 9th of February at home to Hibs, again in the Premiership, 1945 kickoff. Then we've got the next round of the Scottish Cup, Saturday the 12th of February away to Annan. That's a 1730 kickoff, as I said. And then we've got Thursday the 17th of February away to Borussia Dortmund. That's in the last 32. To first leg of the Europa League. That's a 17.45 kickoff. At the time of recording, uh, there's only a maximum of 750 supporters permitted. It's still a fluid, fluid situation due to COVID, so it might be more, it might be less, or it might be stay the same by the time the game comes around. So just need to wait and see. Yep. So a lot to play for. Important games, as you said. Let's um, let's crack on. Definitely, Derek. Like I said there, I'm hoping that, you know, the complacency is now left. We know that we're going to be up against it and, you know, it makes us stronger. That's what I'm hoping. So now we'll go into the classic match. And there it is. The final whistle's gone. Rangers have won the European Cup Winners' Cup. So, Dave, you've picked a classic match that is so classic that all I could find on YouTube of it is a video of someone recording it on their, on their oh. TV and also that they've actually put it down as 2-0 instead of 2-1. All right, OK, well, this is, you know, the fact that I'm a RTV subscriber, Derek, is the reason that I found this game, because they have got a fantastic archive of classic matches which I was able to go through, and this is one, Derek, that I com- completely forgot about, and 
going, you know, when you first see the the, the tie, you think it it wasn't a you know a great game or a great caliber of team. But going back to these times, especially in Europe and uh, these Champions League qualifiers, which is this was, you, you're never ever going to get an easy game, and this certainly wasn't because it was on the 9th of August 2005. It was a Champions League qualifying tie where Rangers travelled to Nicosia to take on Anorthosis Famagusta. The Rangers team on that night is uh, Ronald Vateras and some players here, Derek, that you might uh, get a wee cheeky laugh here. Pierre Fanfan, Marvin Andrews, Julian Rodriguez, which you uh, <laughs> used to call <laughs> J-Rod, <laughs> uh, Michael Ball, Fernando Rickson, Barry Ferguson, Nacho Novo, Ian Murray, Thomas Buffel and Dado Perso. So some very well-known Rangers players there for us. Uh, on the uh, Anorthosis Famagusta team, they were actually coached and he was also a player, a former Newcastle player, Tamuri Ketsbaya, who's very well-known in the English Premiership or was uh, playing with Newcastle. I don't know if you can remember Derek's famous game where he scored the winning goal and instead of celebrating, he ran up and started kicking shit out of the advertising boards. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw no, that. Not, yeah. <laughs> so they also had uh, a younger, uh, Georgie Kincladze, who went on, obviously, to play for, for Manchester City as well. So yeah, quite a, a, a good player there. So it was a roaring crowd uh, in Nicosia that, that night. Uh, and a lot of early possession from Famagusta ending just in the, the, the first part of the game uh, in the first five minutes a lot of possession ending up thankfully in a weak shot easily saved by Vateras in the Rangers goal then first chance for Rangers Novo with a great fantastic half volley for the edge of the box low a tremendous save for the goalkeeper out from the corner and from that corner Rickson with the in swinger it deflects across the front of the goal and out for another corner on the other side really un- unlucky there the deflection I thought it was actually going to go straight in but it took it away and then from that resulting corner from the right hand side Marvin Andrews with a clear header should have scored unfortunately headed it o- over the bar so a fantastic chance there but wasn't to be Rangers starting to get in, in, into the game a bit more than they were trying to get a hold hold of the ball Famagusta were sitting back hoping to kick counter attack at that stage, but then it was Rangers and an absolutely fantastic chance for Murray, a Fernando Rickson with a tremendous through ball to Nacho Novo at the edge of the box, he sidesteps his man, plays the ball to Murray who kept running through, he ran through one-on-one with the keeper and tried to go for power instead of accuracy and blast the ball over the bar. A tremendous chance. Really should have scored at that at that stage. And then after that, a great chance for Famagusta from across. The attacker beat the offside. It looked as if he was just going to nod the ball past Vatarus. Thankfully, he put it past the post. So, you know, it was end to end stuff at that point. Then Famagusta getting more and more in, into the game. A great chance again. The attacker... He gets the better of Marvin Andrews, who looked really clumsy in this game for Rangers. Chips the ball past Vatarus. I thought it was going to just plop into the back of the net. Thankfully, it hit the post and we managed to get in there and clear it. So that was a big let-off for, for Rangers. And then again, just before the end of half-time, a free kick from Famagusta for the edge of the box. They laid it off to that man we spoke about, Ketsbaya. He hits an absolute thunderous George Alberts-esque shot. But thankfully, it was straight at Varus who was able to palm the ball out 
uh, and get it cleared for Rangers. So that was at half time, Derek. It was still on a knife's edge, nil nil. Famagusta getting back into the game. Their crowd were well up for it. But into the second half, Rangers decided to try and keep a hold of the ball and it paid off for them because they really were just passing the ball about, making Famagusta do all the running and the possession play was excellent at that point. But just after that, Ketsbaya actually won the ball back and it was Marvin Andrews again who, like I said before, wasn't having a great game. Ketsbaya steals the ball from him. He has a long shot, but thankfully... It was uh, low and wide. So a wee change there uh, for Rangers at that point. Uh, Lovin Kranz comes on for Buffel. And then that was in the 58th minute. Rangers now passing the ball well, forcing the play. And then thankfully Rangers managed to get a goal to go 1-0 ahead on the 64th minute. That's Purcell in behind the pitch. It was a throw-in to Rangers on the right wing. The ball gets thrown into that Dado Purso. He gets control of the ball on the bounce. He cr- crosses it in. And then a spectacular scissor kick from Fernando Rickson. It was going to be go- goal of the season. But an incredible save by the Famagusta goalkeeper. But he palms the ball straight to Nacho Novo. And he lashes the ball into the back of the net to make it 1-0 to Rangers. Tremendous, fantastic time to score because Famagusta were coming back in. Their crowd were, were well up for it and that silenced them at that point. If Rickson, like I said, if he'd have scored that, it was just sensational. But thankfully, Novo was there just to lash the ball into the back, back of the net. And Rangers now on top. The Famagusta team were shocked that Rangers had scored. You can see that would knock the stuff in out of them. But then Rangers didn't have to wait that much longer, thankfully, to get the second goal because it was only seven minutes later, an absolutely fantastic goal that we scored. What a great angle ball, Rickson, and the chance for the second! 2-0 to Rangers! Once again, Daniel Purcell to have it all. The finish from Rickson. Sure now, the Champions League group stages awaits. It was uh, Michael Ball, he plays the ball up to Dado Purso. he holds the ball up and plays a tremendous through ball to Rickson who had kept running from midfield, made the late run to the edge of the box, Rickson picks the ball up, he twists past his man and just calmly with the outside of his boot strokes the ball past the goalkeeper into the back of the net. Absolutely brilliant from Fernando Rickson, the control and the composure sensational for, for a guy that was supposed to be a right back to move into midfield like he did absolutely tremendous and you know that was the tie over at that stage two away goals absolutely fantastic or at least we thought that's what it was going to be because only a minute later absolutely shambolic defending from Rangers really really poor Famagusta with a hopeful long ball uh, Julian Rodriguez, really poor control. I don't know what he was trying to do, if he was trying to uh, control it with his shin or his knee to try and clear it, but he tried to do something. It hit the ball off of his knee. It fell straight to the Famagusta attacker. He lays the ball off to the edge of the box under attacking midfielder. 
thunders the ball into the back of the net to make it 2-1 to Rangers so giving them a glimmer of hope when they really didn't have to be and then right at the end of the game Famagusta had a brilliant chance to equalise and it was a through ball the player was 1-1 one one with Ronald Vatteris but Ronald Vatteris with a fantastic save with his feet to keep the ball out, out of the net and keep the score 2-1 to Rangers and that's how the game went out and then I'm going to actually do the return leg for the next game, Derek. But uh, absolutely tremendous away win for Rangers in the qualifying stages of the Champions League. And looking back, really enjoyed watching it. It was a total cauldron for the for the the players to play in. And so many times in the past, we went to places like that in Europe and we failed to get the victory and that was a, a, a tremendous victory for us that night. So again, anybody I think as Derek says, maybe difficult to find on YouTube but if you're an RTV subscriber, it's certainly on there, you should go and watch it. Really enjoyed watching that one back. Dave's already done his homework for the next game as well. So certainly have, yep. Back with another classic match the next time. Yep. So we'll go now into the news. So a few bits and pieces to cover as ever. Morelis was named December Player of the Month and Gio was named December Manager of the Month. So certainly well justified. Nobody can complain about that because we were immense in December. Yes. Yes. Morelis as well, as I alluded to in the games, has been called up to the Columbia squad for the World Cup qualifiers. So he's going to miss the Old Firm game, a game that should have been played last month and he would have been here nonetheless. But, you know... Certain teams lobbied for, for the, the break to be pulled forward. But what's even worse, though, is that yes. Columbia played the other night and he wasn't even on the bench. Yep. Absolutely, Absolutely disgraceful. It's sickening for us, Derek. That is what we describe as a complete boot in the balls for all the Rangers fans out there because we are disappointed that he is away, but we accepted the fact that he was away in international duty and they had these big games but to find out that he's not even on the bench Derek is just an absolute sick because he should have been playing and could have been a huge a huge difference maker in the game against Aberdeen the game against Ross County uh, you know we could have still have been sitting four, four points clear j- just now in those games going into the old firm game so you know I'm hoping and praying that this isn't go- go- going to affect it but uh, you know losing a player that has c- calibre regardless is huge but but like I said that's just absolute sickness for the fact that he's not even on the bench for, for, for these games at their next game Columbia is actually tomorrow night Derek so I will be looking to see if the situation has changed and I know that if it was me and I know it's easy to say but if he's not on the bench for that I think I would be doing everything I could as Rangers to try and recall him back back to the team because I don't know if he's still got another game to go after that or not but just an absolute shit show uh, and it's, it's really affected us in my opinion Yep Next piece of news I've got here is 5 million new shares were issued in January. Unclear who bought the shares, but it was raised around 1.25 million. So always good to see that. We're getting more money money in. Next thing, we have been given permission to sell alcohol from the new Edmondson house. So obviously one of the plans was to have uh, an event space as well as a potential bar as well. So we've been granted permission. It's uh, interesting, uh, ever since we announced this at Edmondson house, uh, Refurb is 
the, the council have been pretty pretty happy with what we're doing there, yeah. considering how yeah. how awkward they were before. Exactly, Derek. It's great to see because we really did think that it was we were going to meet as many obstacles as possible, but thankfully things seem to be going smoothly for, for us just now, Touchwood. So, uh, no, no, that looks looks all good. And certainly the the, the building is coming along nicely. Uh, you can see it's, uh, it's uh, you, you know, the whole, the, the outer shells there now. So it's looking, it's looking good and certainly the plans look spectacular. So I'm looking forward to that. Yep, absolutely. Next thing, David Greer loses his fight for damages over the Rangers case. Now, he was obviously one of the administrators, I believe. He was taking the Crown Office to court and soon number for £9 million worth of damages. So, uh, basically, he's, uh, he lost that case. Yeah. However, it does tie into the next one where himself, David Whitehouse and Paul Clark of Dustin Phelps are suing the BBC for £2 million over the award-winning Men Who Sold the Jerseys documentary by Mark <laughs> Daly. Now, Whitehouse and Clark clearly not happy with just the twenty-four million pound between them they got from the Crown Office. You know, in fairness, though, as we said at the time, the documentary was a bit of a puff piece, full yep. of half truths and innuendo rather than facts. Exactly. Much like Mark Daly's recent documentary about Brewdog, to be honest. Now, I'm not a big <laughs> Brewdog fan, but it was a again full of stuff that was all in the public domain already. So, really, you know, typical BBC Scotland there. Next story here. I've waited 20 odd years to get a concert at Ibrox and when we finally get one, it's Harry fucking Styles. Hey, listen Derek, if it wasn't for Harry Styles, Aaron Ramsey would not be a Rangers player tonight, so you take that back. <laughs> so it's on the 11th of June, uh, I believe it's already sold out. I don't have tickets, I won't be getting tickets. Aye, right. But, but, but absolutely fantastic for the club. I've always said we should be having more gigs there and I had to laugh for the press release with it as well because it was recently highlighted that legends have played there before such as Rod Stewart, Bon Jovi, Elton John, Brian Adams and now Harry fucking Styles. Harry Styles. Derek, I, regardless of what you think of, you know, I know you are a, a bit of a music f- fanatic, I know that, but in this day and age, if you are going to sell out Ibrox and thousands and thousands of uh, wee lasses desperate to go and see Harry Styles and paying an absolute fortune to do so, and don't know what percentage is going to come to Rangers. I'm absolutely de- delighted with that. A big name, I'm not a fan, but everybody knows who, who he is. So, so certainly a big name. And as you say, the fact that it's so- sold out, and I believe it's sold out very, very qu- quickly as well. So well done to Rangers. I'm glad. It's, again, it's a sign of things getting back to normal. And as you quite rightly said, hopefully the first of many events at the stadium look, look like that as well. So I'm not going to slag them off like you did, Derek. <laughs> so the last piece of football news here I've got is two Fridays ago, I believe it was, Rangers sent an email stating they would be taking money for the Dortmund game on the Monday and it would be £45. Quite rightly, to be honest, there was a backlash from fans affected as it was basically given no notice at all, especially at the end of what is a difficult month and money-wise for most in January. The club listened and pushed back that payment. It really shouldn't have got to that stage in the first place considering the game is weeks away. However, it was good that they listened nonetheless. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Bit of a criticism, but a bit of a kudos for the club there as well. Definitely, yep. So, Bomb squad called to A&E after man slips and falls, lodging World War II shell inside his bottom. 
bomb squad was recently called out to Gloucestershire A&E department after a man arrived with a World War II shell lodged in his rectum. <laughs> Explosive experts from the Army Explosive Ordnance Disposal Team rushed to Gloucestershire Royal Hospital in Gloucester after medics feared the 57mm shell could be on the verge of exploding inside the unnamed man's backside. The man who is said to be a collector of military items claimed he slipped and fell on the six centimetre armoured pierced projectile, which subsequently became lodged off his bottom. <laughs> he slipped and fell while he was naked. Yeah, uh, well, exactly. He sought medical assistance after realising he couldn't get it out. Oh, it's hilarious, right? Speaking, a source revealed, the guy said he found the shell when he was having a clear out of his stuff. He said he put it on the floor and he slipped and fell on it and it went up his arse. He was in considerable amount of pain. I think he collected military memorabilia. A police spokesman informed that the item had been removed prior to police arrival and the Army Explosives Ordnance Disposal Team were contacted. A defence source commented, it was a solid shot round. It was chunky pointed lump of lead designed to rip through a tank stammer. <laughs> it certainly ripped through something anyway. It was basically an inert lump of metal, so there was no risk to life and not to anyone else's. Oh, I'm better. <laughs> you know the thing that gets me, Derek, is obviously he's went to hospital and he's thought to sell how the fuck do I explain this one? And the best he could come up with was he put it in the ground and slipped and fell and landed on it. Absolutely exactly. hilarious. Well, hilarious. <laughs> so on that note, here endeth the podcast. Yes. So as ever, you can go to our website, which is iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com, and you can find the still-to-be-updated website, but you can find all our previous season stuff there, or most of it anyway, uh, or you can check out the usual podcast outlets. So Dave, a big important game on Wednesday, as we've said. I'll be back with a post-match there. Uh, just hope we do the, do the job. It is, Derek. I will think about that on Wednesday at this moment in time. All I can say is... Aaron fucking Ramsey is a Rangers <laughs> player. Can you Adam and Eve it? No, absolutely not. So, on that amazing note, we will end the podcast and say thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye, folks, and enjoy tonight, wherever you are. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go.